0: What's up, what's up, what's up, guys? I'm back. I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology, and we are going through Judges. And like I said in the last episode, I said this one's not for the faint of heart. This one's really sad. It's tough. So get your hearts ready. It's time to dive deep into the sin of Egypta. Now, if you haven't read it yet, we are in Judges 11. 30 through 40. So go ahead and stop it, read, come back and let's go over it. Okay. but if you have read it, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. So what happened? What occurred? That's the first thing we always ask. What happened in the story? Well, it looks like Gipta has not actually even believed the words that he said. So in the last episode, the verse before it says uh, that that make God judge between them who is right. But right after that, he goes and he makes a vow to God. He says, man, I vow that if you give them into my hands, God, if you deliver the sons of Ammon into my hands, if you deliver the Ammonites into my justice, then I will offer a sacrifice up to whatever comes out. From my doors to greet me. Big mistake. Big mistake. And so right after that. Uh, Gypta goes. And he goes to war. And they defeated man. Colossally. It says that they were given a great blow. That he struck them with a, 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 a striking force. It says like a very great strike. And um, and it says that all of the sons of Ammon. Or the Ammonites were under submission or subdued under the hand of Israel. And it was great. So it says he came back home. And the guess who came out? His daughter. Oh, his daughter, man. And he said when he saw her, he tore his clothes. He's like, ah, makes me think of like the Hulk, you know, whenever uh, he uh, rips it out of his clothes because he, you know, he turns into that big monster. That's what happened. He went from being joyous as a nice dude, you know, coming home from war to, being the Hulk and super mad and great ripping his clothes because of the anger that he had. It says he even said it was his daughter's fault in a way. It was like you woman after she coming out happy for him playing the tambourine and dancing because he won the war. He said you my daughter you have brought me very low. You have caused my soul to be vexed man. He said because I made a vow and I cannot turn from it and his daughter Definitely not being a daughter from uh, the 2010s, says, hey, you do what God has called you to do. What you have promised to God, may you do it so it doesn't happen to you. And so she asked for one thing. She says, just let me go and grieve or weep over my virginity, me and my gals. Let me have two months. And so he gives her two months. She goes, she weeps over her virginity, and, and she comes back, and uh, she says, "Now do to me as you have um, have a uh, vowed to the Lord to do." And Jephthah did it, and it says that every every year there is a, a a reunion or a weeping or a time of lament over the daughter of Jephthah. It's a statute in the land forever. Mm. That's tough, man. That is tough stuff what are you doing gypta that's the question and that seems to be the question i'll be asking a lot of these uh these judges as we're going through we're like what are you doing i said that so much with gideon what are you doing man gypta sacrificing his own daughter his own daughter that's 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 worshiping of the the gods of the people that they are around see i talked about i'm sorry i'm jumping a little bit into this like a sermon or something man but it was the two things i said that this this uh uh, this book is supposed to be conveying one that god is a gracious god and we've seen that many a times but second is that the people there are becoming more and more like the people that they left in the land the israelites are becoming more and more like the Canaanites, the people that they left in the land, because the Canaanites worshiped a god called Molek, who sacrifices their children. And so now we have a uh, a person, Jephthah, who either doesn't know God well enough, or understand God's statue uh, and his and his will and his desires well enough to think that God is okay with him offering a child as a sacrifice. Mm. What can we see about God here? What can we see? God is absolutely sovereign. There is is no aspect of the world or the universe that God is not in charge of, man. It says that God gave these people over into his hands. And then his daughter also reiterates that and says that God has given these people over to Jephthah to avenge the people. That are in the land. So we all recognize and know. That God is in control. God is in control. But I think another thing that we can see. Is that God is going to allow you to make your mistakes. He's going to allow me to make my mistakes. He's going to allow us to do the things. That tear his part, heart apart. He will allow that man. Sometimes I wish he wouldn't. But man. He'll let you stew. He'll let me stew. He'll let us stew in our iniquity. Well, what does this say about man? I think it says that we are hasty with our words, man. We are hasty. We just spout stuff out at the mouth. And that's one thing that I'm trying not to do so much is when people ask me to do something, you know, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Or I mean, I usually just be like, yeah, I will get it. I'll do it. And then it just adds more and more a pile more and more and more and more on top of stuff. So I'm trying not to do that. But I think that is what it says, is that man is hasty with his words. We don't take our words seriously sometimes. And then I also think that we don't trust in God alone. You see, we look to manipulate him because this whole thing wouldn't have even been a problem. Wouldn't it be wouldn't have even been an occurrence if Gipta actually believed the thing that he said before, because he said that may the God judge because he is the righteous judge. God knows the truth of the situation and he will make the correct judgment in it. But he didn't believe it. He didn't trust that that is what will happen. And so he goes to conjure up some kind of genie trick or manipulation or witchcraft in order to cause God to do what he wanted him to do. He says, I I will uh, do this and I will make a vow. I will do this for you, God, if you do that. God is not a transactional God. God is a gracious God, as we've seen through this. And he does things out of the abundance of love that he has for his people and the truth and the justice that is required of him because it's a part of his nature. And if would have trusted in that, would have believed in that, the problem with the child sacrifice would never have occurred. Well, what can we apply? How can we see these things that we have read in the scriptures and use them in our life? Well, I think that the application comes in the fact that we should trust in the promises of God. We rely absolutely in the word of God in his statutes, his truth, his speaking. We should trust them when he says it, it's going to happen. It's a promise. If we do so, man, we would be out of all the trouble we get into. And it's a lot of things, too, that we do because we don't trust in his goodness. And because we don't trust in his goodness, we go and do our own schemes. And when we do our own schemes, we find ourselves fallen, broken, hurt, and sad. So today, my brothers and sisters, man, trust. Trust and believe wholly and faithfully in who God is. Lean on his character. Because he'll do what he says he's going to do. Man, I thank you guys for listening today. And we'll continue on this Jephthah saga uh, in the next chapter. I'll see you guys in the next episode.